Reading of Faith to Faith, BCC, Bible College Curriculum. I'm Fernando, your professor. Let's go ahead and open this meeting with a moment of silence followed by the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us of our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Here we go. October 22nd. When time come, when tough times come by Gloria Copeland. Acts 9.31 then had the churches rest throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria and were edified and walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Ghost were multiplied. Then had the churches rest throughout Judea, Galilee and Samaria and were edified and walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Ghost were multiplied. These are times when life on this earth is hard and uncomfortable, and even downright painful. When those times come, you deeply need the comfort that only the Holy Spirit can bring. How do you receive that kind of comfort? By doing just what the believers and Acts did, by walking in the fear of the Lord. Now, when I talk about the fear of the Lord, please understand I'm not saying you should be afraid of God. He's your father. You should be as secure and unafraid when you come before him as a child who knows he is dearly loved. But you must also have so much respect for him that whenever he reveals something you need to do, you do it immediately, even if it goes against your natural desires. That's walking in the fear of the Lord. Let me show you what I mean. Once, several years ago, I received a very disturbing phone call shortly before I was to preach at one of our meetings. It was painful news about a situation in which one of my children had been wrong. The news of it wounded my heart. I cried, and in the natural, I wanted to get angry about it, to strike back in some way. But instead, I began praying in other tongues. As I prayed, I was prompted in my spirit to rejoice and praise the Lord. I certainly didn't feel like praising. I felt like stomping my foot. But out of respect to the Lord, I put my feelings aside and obeyed. Next, the Holy Spirit impressed me to read a particular prophecy. As I did, I could tell I was being strengthened. Then suddenly I realized I was free by my obedience. I was free by my obedience. I was free by my obedience. I had opened myself to the comforting power of the Holy Spirit. The anger and pain that had filled me just moments before were gone. They had been replaced by the gentle love and reassurance of the Lord. No matter how tough or painful a situation you may be facing today, trust and obey the directions of your Father, and He will make the same supernatural Holy Spirit-inspired comfort available to you. Amen and amen. Thank you, Father. And with that, let's go see if we can read uh, yesterday's reading. Uh, 
uh, let's say October 21st. What do you got to say about that? Let's do it, huh? October 21st. All right. It's amazing that the obedience, uh, the fear of the Lord is having obedience and respect for what God has done. You know, that's why thanking Him for a problem, but praying in tongue for at least five minutes, praying in the Spirit before, and then praising Him and thanking Him and reading the Word of God gets us into the presence of the Holy Spirit, the presence of God, the peace of God, and the benefits of God. Amen. Deuteronomy 8.18 says, But thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is he that giveth thee power to give wealth, that he may establish his covenant. Kenneth Copeland. What is God's reason for prospering his people? It is so we can watch bigger TVs, so we can buy finer houses and more luxurious cars. Establishing God's covenant on the earth and giving to those in need, those are God's purpose for prosperity. I had some people tell me, well, Brother Copeland, Jesus' ministry was poor and he got along just fine. That's ridiculous. All the way through the Old Testament, God promised material blessings to anyone who would walk perfectly and uprightly before him. If God had failed to bless Jesus financially, he would have been breaking his own word. Jesus never built a worldly empire for himself, but that doesn't mean he was poor. He meant he was the greatest giver who ever walked the face of this earth. And it's about time we started following his footsteps. If we start giving, if we'll start taking care of the needs of people in pockets books, we'll be far more likely to win their hearts. What do you think will happen to the hearts of a starving nation when you bring a 747 full of food, clothes, and medical supplies to them in the name of Jesus and his love? The hearts of those people are going to soften. They're going to be willing to listen to what you have to say about Jesus. Don't you ever let anyone tell you it's wrong to want to prosper. It's wrong for you not to want to prosper when that prosperity can mean the difference between heaven and earth for millions and millions of people. Forget about your own little needs. Raise your vision and set your mind on giving to meet someone else's on a higher plane, on establishing God's covenant on the earth. Then stand fast in faith and get ready to enjoy the greatest prosperity you have ever known. Woohoo! Amen. Let's read that scripture again. But you shall remember the Lord your God, for he it is the one that gives you power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant, that he may establish his Bible distributions, that he may establish his podcast, that he may establish his TV programs, that he may establish and sponsor teachers, pastors, bishops, clergymen, and provide even food for the needy. Amen. You know, it might as well be us, not be lazy and get out there and do it. For the Lord God has us in mind. Okay, let's go ahead and keep going. We're going to do October the 20th. Prescription for life. 
by Gloria Copeland. The scripture is from the Amplified Bible, is Mark 8, 34 and 35. If anyone intends to come after me, let him deny himself, forget, ignore, disown, and lose sight of himself and his own interests, and take up his cross and follow with me. For whoever wants to save his higher spiritual eternal life will lose it, and whoever gives up his life which is lived only on earth for my sake and the gospel will save it. When Jesus said those words, he wasn't just giving us a prescription for getting to heaven. He was telling us how to live a superior life here on earth. You see, there's a high life that we can live right here, right now. But to get into it, we have to lay down the way of life that most of us are accustomed to. We may have to let go of the very thing we've been trying so hard to latch on to. We have to set our hearts instead of doing what God wants us to do. That's what Jesus did. He didn't live his life for himself. He lived it completely for God. He did only what the Father told him to do. And he lived in total victory. It's time to realize that getting born again is not something we do just to miss hell. Our purpose is to please God to lay down our lives in order to fulfill his desires, to be his special possessions in the earth, and to do whatever he tells us to do. Our top priority is to give ourselves to him and to live in communication with him, to spend enough time with him that we can hear his voice and respond in obedience. Only when we do that, we will be genuinely fulfilled. Only when we do that, We will be able to live the high life we've been longing for. Amen. And the scripture is, If anyone intends to come after me, let him deny himself, forget, ignore, disown, and lose sight of himself and his own interests, and take up his cross and follow with me. For whoever wants to save his higher spiritual eternal life will lose it. And whoever gives up his life, which has lived on the earth for my sake and the gospels, will save it. Amen. That's... Okay, let's keep going. We're going to do October 19th and see what that entails. It's prosperity all the way, folks. Don't let division stunt your growth by Kenny Copeland. 1 Corinthians 3, 1, 3 says, And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. I have fed you with milk and not with meat, but hitherto you were not able to bear it. Neither yet know are you able now. For you are yet carnal, for whereas there is among you envy, and strife and divisions. Envy, strife, and divisions. Envy, strife, and divisions. Oh my. Had reduced the early Corinthian Christians back to their natural or carnal state they were in before they were born again. It has so stunned their spiritual growth that they couldn't understand the things the Apostle Paul wanted to teach them. Satan has sent the same spirit of division among us today. He knows that a house divided against itself will fall. He also knows if we all come together in the unity of our faith, we'll arrive at the fuller stature of Christ Jesus. 
Ephesians 4.13. So he has assigned a spirit of division to operate in our personal lives. Our church lives, our social lives, lives, and our family lives. Again, he has assigned a spirit of division, Satan has, to operate in our personal lives, a church, social, and family lives. His goal is the same as it went Corinth, to bring envy, strife, and division, and to stunt our spiritual growth. But we don't have to yield to that spirit. Instead, Paul says, by speaking the truth in love, we may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. Ephesians 4.15 Compare speaking the truth in love to envying strife and divisions. Diametrical opposites, aren't they? You can't do both of them at the same time. As you speak truth and love, you grow up. As you envy, fuss, and separate from one another, you go back to babyhood. Don't let Satan stop your spiritual growth by giving in to the spirit of division, but speak the truth and love and grow up in him in all things. James 4.1 Let's go ahead and... Uh, that's additional reading, James 4.1. Let's go back to October the 18th. Let's see what that has to say for today. Here we go. From Tradition to Truth by Gloria Copeland. From Tradition to Truth. Scripture reading is Psalm 103, verses 2 3, 4, and 5. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgiveth all thy iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases, who redeemeth thy life from destruction, who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies thy mouth with good things, so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Yes. Psalm 103, verses 2, 3, 4, and 5. Is there actually a divine purpose behind the bad things that happen in your life? Could it be that the sickness and calamities you're experiencing are somehow a part of God's plan for you? Before you can ever begin to experience the healing, delivering power of God, you got to know the answer to those questions. You have to settle them once and for all if you even suspect that God is the source of your misfortunes. You won't be able to believe him for deliverance from them. Your fate will be crippled because you think that by escaping those things, you'll be opposing his will. Amen. Amen. In order to receive all the benefits God desires to give you, you must be absolutely sure that he is a good God. <clears throat> you must be certain that his will for your health is health, not sickness, prosperity, not poverty, happiness, not sorrow. A hundred percent of the time. Psalm 103 alone is enough to prove that's true. But if it's not enough to convince you, there are many other two. One of the best-known verses in Psalm 136, one that says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, <clears throat> excuse me, 
Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for He is good, for His mercy endureth forever. If religious traditions have robbed you of the goodness of God, if they taught you, He'll bring trouble into your life so He can teach you something. Start today washing those traditions away with the truth. Get out your Bible and let God Himself tell you through His own word that He is the God who heals you in Exodus 15:26. Dig into the Scriptures and discover for yourself that He is a God of mercy, Psalms 86:5. Loving kindness, Jeremiah 9:24, and compassion, 145:8. And don't forget Jeremiah 29:11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to give you a hope and a future, to give you prosperity. Put your doubts to rest and open your heart to receive the truth about your Heavenly Father. It's the only thing that can truly set you free. In Jesus' name, we'll go ahead and stop there. May the Lord bless us and keep us, make His face to shine upon us, be gracious unto us, lift up His counts, and give us peace. May He smile on us and establish us in every which way. Go in peace in Jesus' name. Reading October 17th, Faith to Faith. Living the Love Life by Gloria Copeland Heavenly Father, thank you for the opportunity to read your word and study the format and the outline. Thank you for giving eyes to see. Thank you for this Bible college and enjoying your word. In Jesus' name, amen. John fifteen thirteen. great love. Greater love no man has than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. We often think of laying down your life for someone else in terms of dying. That's what Jesus did. He loved us so much, he laid down his life by dying in our place so that we could live. But now he asks us to lay down our life in a different way. He asks us to show our love not by dying for others, but by living for them. Exactly what does that mean? Sometimes it means giving our lives by spending time in prayer for someone. Other times it means giving of ourselves with love and understanding. Many times it means laying down our own selfish desires in order to meet the needs of another. Romans 15.1 puts it this way. We then that are strong ought to bear the infirmities of the weak and not to please ourselves. When you lay down your life, you live to please God instead of yourself. You let your life be guided by his love. If love leads you to the person next door, you follow. When love calls, you intercede for someone in need. You yield. Commit yourself today to lay down your own life and take up the love life. Say this, Father, in Jesus' name, I see from your word that you are willing to give of yourself in the person of your son for all men. I understand that because Jesus is Lord of my life. I too am called to give myself to others. I choose to accept that calling today. I give of my time. I'll give 
of your love in me. I'll be strong and lift up those who are weak. Am I willing to be available to be used of you so that those around me might experience the abundant life you have provided? I'll give of my time. I'll give of your love in me. I'll give your love out from inside of me. I'll be strong and lift up those who are weak. You have loved me, Lord, with the greatest love there is. I count it a privilege now to share that love with others. I thank you for it in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Beautiful, beautiful reading. Okay, let's see what the October 16 has to say. Put patience to work. <clears throat> Kenny Copeland. Cast not away therefore your confidence, which has re great recompense or reward, for you have need of patience, that after you have done the will of God, you might receive the promise. Hebrews ten thirty five and 36. Most of, have, most of us have distorted ideas about patience. We think of it as something designed to help us suffer failure gracefully but according to these scriptures it will actually put us on the path to success patience or being consistently constant is the power twin of faith they work together to see to it that the promises of god are fulfilled in your life say for example you need a job you can go to the word and see clearly that god promises to provide your needs you can see he takes pleasure in the prosperity of his servants once you see that, faith takes hold of your sh of you. Shout, hallelujah, I got the job I need. But what happens to that faith tomorrow morning when you go to, to three interviews and get turned down all, in all three? Then what? That's when the patience has to take over. That's when you have to make a decision and stay constant to act as if nothing's changed. The truth is, if you base your confidence in the Word of God, nothing has changed. It says exactly the same thing it said yesterday. So if you'll put patience to work, you know what you're going to say after those three unsuccessful job interviews. You're going to say, hallelujah, I got the job I need, just like you did before. You see, faith opens the door to God's promises for you, and patience keeps it open until that promise is fulfilled. Do you have your faith sight set on a promise of God today? A promise you've been waiting for for some time. Don't let the delay discourage you. Be Put patience to work. The word guarantees you will receive your reward. The word guarantees that you will receive your reward. Excuse me. It's the word. <laughs> Amen. Thank you, God, for patience. Now we're going to go to the 15. Here we go. Fade to Fate by Kenneth and Gloria Copeland. The Heart of the King. The King's heart is in the hand of the Lord. As the rivers of water, he turn it whereever he will. Proverbs 21 1. 
Think about that for a moment. God had reserved the right to override the will of a nation leader if need be, to see that his people are governed according to his will. What's more, God will hear the prayers of any government leader, even if he's the worst reprobate in the whole world. He hears the prayers of old King Nebuchadnezzar. Believe me, that means he'll listen to any leader. You see, Nebuchadnezzar was a king of Babylon. He was an ungodly ruler of an ungodly nation. However, he taken captives from the land of Judah. He had some of God's people under his authority. So God, God began to deal with him. Again and again, God warned him, Nebuchadnezzar, you're going to lose your mind if you don't straighten up. And sure enough, he went just as crazy as he could be. He stayed that way for years, for seven years. Then one day he cried out to God and God heard him. Despite his statue as a heathen king of a heathen nation, his status, God intervened repeatedly in Nebuchadnezzar's life and heard him when he finally cried out for help. Why? Because he had peoples under control. The same principle still holds today. If we'll open the way through prayer, God will deal with our leaders. If we will humble ourselves in unity and pray, God can change the injustice and corruption that exists in our country, or any country for that matter. He'll change the hearts of everyone from the White House on down to make sure his children are governed justly. Amen, amen, the word of the Lord.